Today's podcast is brought to you by Vibby.com, the quick, easy way to make highlight videos of your very own. Simply log on to the site, put in the timestamps of your favorite moments, and watch as the highlights spring forward into a video of its own that can be easily shared across social media and other content platforms. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Unicorn.com, the premier esports betting site. Log in today to bet on all of your favorite esports games and see if you have what it takes to win some unicorns of your own. Who knows? It might be enough to win you one of those awesome prizes they have in their marketplace. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am a free agent head coach and analyst, as well as a writer for Slingshot Esports. And welcome to another episode of our EU LCS team by team preview podcast. We are so excited for the summer split. It is day three of our previews, and it is time to talk about the team that is closest to my heart. That is Team Rocket. So many changes this offseason, so many things to break down, and I am joined on the other line by my good friend and fellow contributor, Slingshot Esports, Walter C80's Fedchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? So I just had, as you were doing the intro for this podcast, I just had this random urge because I forgot to mute my microphone. And I have a new microphone. I, I bought an actual like USB stand microphone, and I had this urge to just bring it real close to my face and just... Just say, good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> oh. I, I, I've had this for like two weeks now, and all of a sudden, I've had this urge to do that. So there, I did it. That makes me feel a whole lot better. <laughs> well, you know, what, you know what makes me feel a whole lot better? There are some nice off-season moves that this Rocket team made this split. Obviously, last split, they got ninth place. They went 4-14. Four and 14. It was not very fun. If you followed my Twitter account, you got to see my pain firsthand as Zoro Zero's eyes glared back at me the entire time, which did not help. But there were some positives that emerged from it, and they seem to be building around those with the three moves they made this offseason. Kerrang has come in from Stardust, the Korean challenger team, to be the new top laner, phasing out Freddy122. Uh, his teammate Raze, the support of Stardust, is replacing Noxiac. And Steelback, who had a very surprisingly good split on the Unicorns of Love this past season, has now come in to replace Tabs. Walter, when you look at the offseason they had, what's your first response? Well, they went in an interesting direction with, uh, with two lesser-known Koreans. They, they were challenger level, so they have some uh, competitive games under their belt. Uh, 33 in the uh, Korean Challenger League, which was sort of surprising to me when I was doing my research. And they also replaced one of their four spots last uh, split, which was 80 carry. They started with Safir and then went to Tabs. And now they have arguably the second most improved and the first most improved player on their team in the two carry positions in Steelback and Betsy. So I'm, I'm actually rather excited to watch this team. They were a really, really strong early game team, arguably one of the best in Europe between Airwalks and Betsy. Betsy had thrown off the shackles of being on Gambit and having that terrible summer split and evolved into a excellent laning, uh, laning mid laner. So when I look forward to the summer split 
and the impact that all these mage changes on 6.9 are going to have, I hope Betsy can continue to build on what was a very successful spring split because I've liked this guy ever since he joined Gambit. I thought he was very good in the spring split with Gambit and was really disappointed when he didn't perform in the summer. It's been such an interesting series of emotions for me watching this Rocket team. I was not a huge fan of the Betsy signing when it happened. Slowly but surely, he won me over by having some of the incredible games that he had. But as you said, this was an early game-oriented team. This was a team that was able to give themselves a lead at the 15-minute mark and would then blow team fights, lose objectives, uh, hemorrhage big plays that ended up giving the opponent uh, the little openings that they needed in order to take over the game. And that's how Rockat, despite doing so well early, did not have that ability to close the gap and struggled as mightily as they did. Now there's an actual chance that they can close some of these victories. They have someone in Steelback who has proven that he can hard carry games, that he can, when put in a position to succeed, single-handedly lead his team throughout these team fights in a way that guys like Tabs just can't do. They have Rays who does have 33 games under his belt. That is one of the nice things about the Korean Challenger series is they play a ton of games, and now we have the ability to see how his champion pool will fit. Obviously, with the uh, meta move to range supports, there are some concerns, uh, and certainly Parang's champion pool has been a giant mixed bag as well over in Korea, but if they can bring out the most of these guys, that should be something fun to watch. But... Walter, when you look at all of the different storylines at play, what do you think is the most important thing if Rockat is going to be successful this split? The, the most important is that, like I said, the two most improved players of the spring split in Betsy and Steelback have to maintain the same level of play they had in the spring split, if not get even better. Uh, they are really going to have to carry this team when you look at the fact that there are two more inexperienced players in the in the top and in the support position. Airwalks, despite his ability to get Rocket massive leads in the early game, did not show very much ability to shot call in the late game and had a lot of mistakes in his positioning that cost Rocket some of most of those leads. So it's really going to be Betsy and Steelback taking that next step as team players and getting the shot calling down and making sure that their uh, teammates are in the right positions and they're getting their peel calls correctly and, and all of these things. And they're not just improving their own individual skills, which you know completely spiked last split, but now improving themselves as team players and making the rest of the players around them even better. Yeah, I think that development is going to be huge. And I think you hit it on the head when you said they need to be playing more as a team. The individuals on Rockat all had moments last split where you could point and say, this guy is making good individual plays, but they never quite meshed as a unit. And it's one of the reasons that Grabs replaced I'm So Fresh as the head coach midway through the season. They were obviously very unhappy as an organization with the way that these guys were fitting together, not from a talent perspective, but from an ideological perspective. They were not playing as a five-man unit. They were not playing around objectives successfully. And for all of the nice things that Betsy does in lane, and for all of the team fighting that Steelback brings, they still have this little dangling cloud over their heads in Airwalks, a guy that makes individual plays but has not been able to secure the objectives 
in a way that you might want if you're looking to close out games and be able to get more reliable results. In a meta that now is going to value dragons and this new Rift Herald with its 20-minute insane buff, uh, you need a jungler you can depend on. You need the team to be playing as a unit and to quickly come together as they add in three new guys and hope to get that synergy going. So honestly, for me as a fan, I want to see how the coaching staff manages that. I want to see if they can balance all of these needs and be able to get something that looks like they're putting a team out there week in and week out rather than a group of talented individuals who might not be able to close out games. But Walter, I can, I can sense right now you've got optimism about this team. I, I, you know me as a fan. I tend, to, I tend to see the darker side of things. So pump me up. Let's, let's talk about the best case scenario for Rocket here. Well, I just told you, you had the two most improved players of the spring split in, in Betsy and Steelback right there. You have two carries that, while their young players have shown that they can perform at the top level of their position in Europe, uh, Parang and Rays, it's, it's Koreans. It's, you know, Koreans obviously make everything better. Uh, but it's not like they're random Koreans that have just never played on the ladder. They do have some competitive experience behind them, but not so much that you can't help mold them and can't help kind of direct them into the players that you want around them. Parang has shown that he can play a wealth of champions, whether they're carry style or more tank utility kind of style. And, and then you have Airwalks, who, while he showed some mistakes in the, in the late game especially, he did show that he can be a super aggressive jungler in the early game. He can get leads, he can get up into the opposing jungle's face, and he can really help snowball his his lanes, especially when he had really, really weak side lanes in, in Sophir slash Tabs and Freddy 1-2-2. It just all points towards this team has the makings and has a really good chance at being sort of a surprise team in the European LCS when you see some of the other teams that were above them make either lateral changes or downgrades in the rest of their in the rest of their team. It's in play. As someone who wants to believe in this team, I want to buy into everything that you are saying here. But I do see the worst case scenario as well. And my problem comes with the idea that Steelback is not with Hillisang anymore. He's with Ray's. Is Ray's going to be able to adjust to where the meta is changing? His most played champions, he played a lot of Alistar, a lot of Braum. That doesn't seem to be where the game is right now. And if we learned anything from our predictions last split, it's that counting on the meta to change is not necessarily a great reason to predict a team to end in a certain spot. If they, they need this bot lane to succeed, Raze is going to have to prove that he can do this on an LCS level week in and week out. And with Koreans, even Koreans that have had previous competitive experience, it has been a mixed bag once you get over to these LCS environments, whether they're going to continue to practice the way that you need them to, whether they're going to be able to communicate as effectively as they need to. I have no idea whether these guys can speak English or not, which obviously has also made a massive difference historically. Uh, whether they're able to communicate effectively with the team. And with a team this young, that effective communication is all the more important. And for me, the biggest fear is I, I think Airwalks is exactly who we think he is at this point in his career. He's played long enough in the league that I don't think he's suddenly going to get a better sense of the map. I don't think that he's suddenly going to be a more objective-focused, less 
oh my God, I have to put my hands over my eyes because I'm so terrified of what it is that he's going to do next. Jungler. I just think that's who he is. I think that he is high risk, high reward. And that doesn't necessarily lead to sustainable growth. If Parang and Rays can communicate effectively and and they see this the way that you know a lot of the more successful Korean imports have seen this as an opportunity to prove themselves on an international stage, then your best case scenario is very much in play. But I do have to acknowledge as a fan, as someone who just has that you know, I've been burned too many times by teams that I love. I was a good game university fan of all things. So I know how this can go. And I just need to see that Steelback can be that hard carry when he's not playing with a support that is already proven. Can that communication be there? Will the synergy with Airwalks and Parang be there? Will Airwalks be able to adjust to where the game is going? These are all, to me, rather large question marks. And as much as I want to get excited for the sheer level of talent that's coming in, because I think that Parang and Rays both did very good things during their time at Stardust, I have my concerns. And I really, really want to see the team play as a five-man unit before I allow myself to get excited. But Walter, all of this taken into account, where do you think this team actually ends up? I think that this team is going to be on the lower end of the playoff teams. Um, Not... Not quite as high as number four, but I think somewhere between five and seven is a really, really good position. As you'll see with the rest of the podcast, a lot of the teams above them made some changes that we don't necessarily agree on or, or see as upgrades or see as massive downgrades. Um, or, or like I said, lateral action. We already talked about Shulk, and while Fox is an upgrade over Ica. Is it enough of an upgrade to push them into the playoff tier or not? So we will see where they end up, but I think Rockout right in that that five to seven range is really going to be nice. And that gives them a shot at the playoffs and a shot at some circuit points and potentially even Worlds. I'm going to put it like this. Uh, I think that they're the number six seed, and not just because the two teams that we predicted to finish sixth last split ended up winning the championship. So any positive karma that wants to come our uh, our way through that, uh, I'm absolutely fine with as a Rocket fan. But I I think that there's enough here, just in terms of sheer talent upgrades, that they're going to figure it out. As you said, teams have either gotten weaker due to some kind of crazy changes across the board, or have made the kind of moves that are at the very least questionable, and that allows a team like Rocket to have time to adjust. And I actually Skyped with Fly the other day, the manager of Rockat's League of Legends team. And he told me that if I'm excited about Steelback, which I am, I should be even more excited with how well the Koreans have been playing and, and fitting into the system that they're trying to create. So what this is going to come down to me is, where are they on the learning curve? Can they learn quickly enough and adjust to that full speed of playing at the LCS in these best of twos now going into the summer split? I think they can get there. I think it'll take a little bit of time, which is why I don't have them any higher than sixth. But I do think that they can do just enough to squeak their way in. That's my hope for them. That's where I believe they can be. And I believe that you guys can follow this podcast on soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts or on iTunes. If you go to Rough Drafts on the podcast section there, uh, you can also... Follow us on Twitter. 
you know, throughout the season, as you can see, all of my ups and downs uh, as I follow this team with all of my heart on, at Redshirt King. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find me at Sadies underscore LOL. Perfect. And come back tomorrow for day four as we look at a team that is welcoming home a player that took a little bit of a, of a journey to North America and is now remembered where he truly belongs. So until then, goodbye, Internet.